Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I've been grilling out all weekend over that hot, hot grill. Oh, gosh, and I am ready to cloak. I am ready to jabber. That's what I'm ready to do because we are going to be talking about Cloak and Dagger, Episode 8, Ghost Stories. I'm Alex. And I'm right on the side with my hamburger. Well, 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 well done. King Jesus. <laughs> Pete, how do you like your burgers? Pete, how do you like your dogs? <laughs> hey, I'm Pete. Bergs and dogs. Bergs Pete and dog, dogs Pete, and birds. Pete, Bergs and dogs, LePage. You kind of sound like a Rick and Morty character a little bit. Do I? Yeah, with your radio voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great, Morty. Oh, oh that's, that's, Morty. That's an impression that you actually can do. Yeah, close. Almost. I'm not very good at impressions, but I am very good on this episode of Cloak and Dagger. As usual, this show is awesome. Now, I just want to mention, Justin, because you've been off the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yes. you've been taking off. You know, off. Uh, Pete has been our contentious friend on this podcast for yeah, a little while. I am familiar with his work. Yes. <laughs> but in particular, I think you've been a little upset about this show for various reasons. Yes. I don't, I don't want to oversell it too much. And Pete, you could certainly weigh in here. I think he's warmed on the show over the past couple of weeks. And in particular, there was stuff in the last episode that Pete said... He loved. No. Yeah. I mean, the last episode was very lovable. And yeah. let, me, let me say this. Pete made a prediction that was paid off a little bit in this episode that we're going to get to later. How do you feel about that? I, I, you know, I'm just happy that it's getting better. Would you say that we've jabbered you into liking this show? <laughs> Maybe. I think the jabber's getting to him. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, I think uh, what you mentioned is you've had some strong feelings about Tandy in particular. Mm-hmm. And as she has progressed towards being a hero, you've tended to like her more. Is that yeah, fair? As she's grown into being a better person. I've enjoyed the show more. But you didn't see it coming. You thought she was going to be bad the whole time. I don't, you know, I don't write the show and I don't, you know, I try to enjoy what I'm given. I don't write the show. I don't watch the show. I don't understand the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take on Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> uh, well, let, let Let's get into it. Uh, We'll do a little bit of a recap, and then we'll get to my favorite section of the show, other than, of course, talking to you guys. So (laughs) Sounds weird to say it like that. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Oh, wait, it's your favorite section when we talk to our in-depth reporter who's uh, down on the streets? Yeah, thanks for ruining it. I was going to get to it in a second. Jeez Louise, Pete. 
Anyway, if you haven't been watching Cloak and Dagger, what's been going on is there's two crazy kids named Ty and Tandy. They both have powers. Ty can teleport around, also cause people to see their own fears, as well as Ty being able to see their fears. Tandy is able to create light daggers and can go into people's hopes. Uh, so they have uh, opposite powers there. They can't really touch. If they do touch, they blow each other backwards. And as of last episode, they found out a big key to both of their mysteries. What's going on? Uh, Tandy's mystery is that her dad was involved in the creation of a Roxxon oil company platform that was mining for some sort of energy. We don't know exactly what the energy is, but we do know when they accidentally released the energy, it caused people to go crazy uh, in what one character, Ivan Hess, who was a partner of Teddy's father, called terrors. Basically, it drove them to embody their fears, is the way that I took it. Become very violent. Yes. Uh, Funnily enough, that was a detail that Pete and I totally skipped over last episode because I was so excited about Pete actually liking the show, I forgot the key detail. So there you go. On the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> there's Ty, who's dealing with the death of his brother that happened at the exact same time the Roxxon platform exploded back in the day. Uh, his brother was killed by a detective named Connors, who's very corrupt. In the present, a detective named O'Reilly, who's dating a pretty nice police officer. Uh, or talking maybe, about Beard Cop? Beard Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's half cop, half beard. And he's the P of the page of cops. Oh. Yeah. Uh, She is investigating him, but she's investigating him, but basically going undercover. Investigating Connors, not investigating Connors. She's investigating Beard Cop's mouth. (laughs) Her mouth. (laughs) That's called kissing. (laughs) Did you know that? I I always forget the word and the action for that. Yeah. So a couple of other things I'm sure we'll get to over the course of the podcast. Uh, But when we jump into our New Orleans correspondent, Brett. Well, before we do that, there was uh, Cloak has another, a third power you didn't mention, which is really pulling off a sequin cloak. (laughs) We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I know, but I'm just saying that's a superpower. That is a superpower, and he does pull it off, which is really impressive. So, Brett... Uh, Brett Macris, he is our New Orleans correspondent. He's been sending us Man notes the about street. the show. Man on the street. We flew him yeah. down there. We fly him down there every week at some expense, put him up in a hotel. To <laughs> no, tell he us. lives down there. Okay, that what it is. Great. Where's yeah. all this money going? Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Did I mention how I was grilling out some burgers this weekend? Yeah. Wait, are those comic book club brand burgers? So you can follow like him. Trump steaks? Our version of Trump steaks? <laughs> They're oh just as bad. At Brett Macris, you can follow him on Twitter. Also, we chatted about this a little bit last week. Uh, you can follow him at Stray Bullet on Instagram. That's S-T-R-A-Y-B-U two ones and then E-T. He makes a bunch of comic book aprons, which is kind of like the crafts with the cloaks on the show, Ah. uh, but you can check them out there. Uh, That said, he didn't have a lot of notes. I don't want to blow up his spot too much. We'll get to why he didn't have a lot of notes beyond the fact that last episode mostly took place on the Roxxon oil rig. Um, But he said they really didn't go anywhere except the hospital room of the imaginary rig. The rig is in Lake... uh, Poncho train, Poncho train, Poncho train. Uh, most people I'm in Louisiana, the New York, New Orleans expert. <laughs> he says most people in Louisiana want to warp out of the swamp, not the other way around. When they first hit the rig, uh, the cookie scene is great, but as a chef, I can only say the cardamom is just kind of gross. It doesn't cure depression and probably just makes it worse to have anywhere around your food. Uh, at the wow, end. what an anti-spice stance. There you yeah. go. Really uh, it is that. a weird spice. I was reading about it a little bit later, and it's usually used in savory dishes, not sweet ones. So yeah. there you go. Uh, but again, a lot of uh, I like non-Western sweet cooking. sweet and savory myself. What? In food oh, in like general? Oh, like a chocolate pretzel? Yeah. <laughs> you're not talking about cardamom at all. You're just talking about food. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, Here's the thing. If you ever get lost in Pete's Fearscape, just have him have a chocolate pretzel. He'll come right so, out. Yeah. Yep. There it is. So Smell he also mentions, uh, now you remember the episode ends absolutely beautifully uh, with Ty playing his brother's freestyle. Oh, she says yeah, play his voice again. For the, yeah, it's says play oh. it again. Look at oh. this. Look at this. This is Pete enjoying That's the show. That's crazy. It's very odd to see because I thought you were going to come out with some horrible comment after that. No, he loved it. It, uh, it makes me very so happy. Weird. Uh, but Brett mentions the ward in Billy's freestyle rap on the tape is the seventh ward. Uh, he also says, I can say that with all the powers and magic going on in the show, that New Orleans is a pretty magical place. Beyond the 24-hour bars, uh, bars, Bourbon Street, and idiots throwing beads everywhere when it's not Mardi Gras, there's real beauty down here. Here's the reason there's not a lot of notes. I'm writing this from our hospital room in the uptown neighborhood of New Orleans where my firstborn son... Hey, <gasps> congratulations! Brooklyn Marvel Macris was born to... Brooklyn? <laughs> that's like us! Yeah, Marvel, that's like something we like. Oh my Macris. God was born two days ago. My grandfather was born on Bourbon Street and is buried in St. Louis Cemetery a mile from my house, and now my son was born here. There's definitely magic in the city. Wow, wow. that's great. Yeah, Do uh, Brooklyn Marvel? Brooklyn Marvel. Now, I got to tell you. But I was gonna, I'm, I'm, my wife and I are having a baby in like a month, and I was going to name her New Orleans, D.C. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, I got to tell you, Brett sent me the notes right after the episode, and I was like, what are you doing? You're in the hospital with a you baby. You need to distraction. That's what he said. His, his wife was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for just doing something else yes, for an exactly. hour. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, Brett. Congratulations to you, and thank you for the notes. Let's get into talking about the episode live. A lot of big stuff happened again. Where last episode was uh, focused a lot on Tandy's catharsis, this one is focused on Ty. Yeah. Most of it takes place on the anniversary of the day of both of their important relationships left their life. Uh, Justin, you want to what? <laughs> It's a weird way to say it. It was a weird way of saying it. I'm sticking by it. I just, that's great. I just, just want to walk us through the episode. Sure, here? let's do it. So we kick off the episode with um, some flashbacks to uh, Tanny yeah. and Ty's kids. Um, a little and, ballerina. It starts uh, with some ballerina stuff and uh, Ty with his brother. Yep. And that. Uh, more. What's that? Does a little fun more. With yeah, his it's brother. fun. That's a great way to connect. Um, yeah. The uh, and that we realized that is rolling right into the day that we that started the series off. Now, can I mention? I love these little kids. I yeah. think they're great. They're great. Uh, they, you know, they've shown up a couple of times as we slowly found out more and more about these this day. But the kid actors are so good and so mature, like they're forced into a role, which we get to see a lot of this episode where they have to be too mature for their age and take uh, care of things way beyond what they should for how old they are. But these actors sell it. They did a yeah. really, really good job casting the show from top to bottom. Agreed. They, and they're and, a delight to watch it really, truly in a lot of shows, the child actors don't match. And I feel like yeah. in this show, it's it feels so real that these kids yeah. are playing the younger versions. Also, they really went out of their way to show what a dick Tandy's dad is. Like that was some cold shit he was oh, saying. Oh, that's way at the end of the No, I'm just saying. In the beginning, he's like, "You, could, if you ever fall, you have to give up dancing." And I was like, "Holy shit!" But he no, was being no. very playful. He was yeah. no, he was not being very playful. He was being cold as fucking ice to his daughter. I. If you fall, you'll never dance again. You don't say that to a kid. It didn't mean it like a threat. It, it seemed like it. That's Here, what here's it was what delivered. I'd say. So I think 
there is a part of what you're saying that's right. And I think what you were reading into it is what we do find out about him later on in the episode. But I believe I would say as a father, the way that it is being played. Yeah, there. I just I got you so bad. at the beginning of the episode is that it is played as playful. I'm sarcastic with my kids sometimes and you say things like that and they know their jokes because they pick up on them. Yeah. But I think again, I think you're right. Like I did not pick up on it that way when I was watching the beginning of the episode because you talk to your kids like that. And you're like, okay, if you do this, that's it. That's absolutely it. And they get it. <laughs> Why would you say that to your kid if you fall your dog? I threaten to murder them every day. Wow. That's how I wake them up. They're terrified. I'm going to kill you. Good morning, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Because their day gets instantly better right from the start. You start start set the bar low. (laughs) (laughs) How's the murder you in your sleep? How's all the bedwetting going, by the way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know you're you're still wetting the bed, but I'm telling you (laughs) when you scare your kids into wetting their beds. I guess I wet their beds as well. <laughs> that's, that's very gross. Uh, great. The little window into the Zalbin household. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we see these great scenes uh, that flash us back and then realize that, boom, it's eight years ago on this very day when we move forward into the episode. Uh, and then it's we an get an- big anniversary. The budding romance of Beard Guy and Lady Detective. Beard Cop and uh, Detective O'Reilly. Right. Uh, and she's talking about how she packed, passed her psych eval. After she shot uh, yeah. Ty's brother's friend who was running the drug ring. Which was For fucking... Connors. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I feel like this sort of scene in a show is usually played where they're like, yeah, I took the sacky valve. I'm fine. But they're actually very traumatized by this thing. Mm-hmm. I think she's fine. She's ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do you feel about Detective O'Reilly so far? She's been... Why do you say she's ice cold? She's not ice cold. She's, I, I don't mean ice cold in a negative connotation here. I just mean she's like f- totally fine with what happened. She's all business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what it means. Okay. Yeah. She's all pancakes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, they're making Wait, pancakes. Wait, are those girlfriend pancakes? Oh, fuck yeah, they are. Oh, I guess so. What? Uh, I like, I like her. I like her, I think rather. the way, the way she's played feels like she is that sort of wide-eyed enough of a cop or a person who would like just go along with these teenagers and be like, yeah, let's let's have you do this fucked up thing. So she seems like a little bit on the edge across the board, if you know what I mean. Oh, what about you, Pete? It was fucking weird because it was like the wrong kid was shot and we didn't, nobody cared, you know, except for Ty, which was messed up. And the fact that they were just kind of nonchalant about like, yeah, we shot this kid. But anyways, uh, what are we, boyfriend, girlfriend now? I thought that was kind of fucked up. And it would have been nice if it weighed a little. I know you have to move a story forward, but like, come on, man. I also think that's they were trying to show that that's what cops deal. You know, cops are. Yeah, around cops guns are shooting are, black kids all over the place. And it's just yes, like, but I think that was somebody somewhere care. Would be yeah. nice. Well, I think Ty definitely did care, right. and that was maybe so. The, point. the reason I was curious is I'm having a hard time reading her character, and I think yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think she's a very atypically written cop character. You know, you get that she's like she's the driven female cop who has a shady past, and that's why she you know has sex and uses guys and just leaves. Does a bunch of drugs. It does a bunch of drugs. Does shady things, but. That's not exactly how she's being played by the actress. She's being played in a much more interesting way versus, I think, Connors, who I like. He's a good, bad cop. 
but Connors is a little more straightforward as a bad cop. It's the classic, right, like, our, our, uh, what you would expect. Uh, yeah, but O'Reilly's example. not. Like, yeah, that, for that's sure. That's the thing. Again, I'm, why I was curious to get your guys' take on it is because I just don't know exactly who she is or what she's about yet, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We find out more this episode. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, we definitely see a lot of her in this episode. Um, so they decide, um, O'Reilly and Beard, Beard Cop Boyfriend decide they're going to take Connors down. Um, uh, which is a big choice yeah. for them. And Huge I like choice. that too. Uh, did you spend a lot of the episode wondering whether Beard Cop was going to turn? Because there was at least until halfway through I the episode. Beard Cop was definitely going to turn. Yeah. Really? I thought that when their relation, the second relationship scene, I was like, I don't feel like some, I think a bad thing's going to happen. Yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying is by the second relationship, by the middle of the episode, yeah. I they thought were all they were, I was like, well, he's dead. Yeah. I would thought exactly. they were hinting at like, he's going to turn on her type of thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so next, uh, we see Tandy visiting, whatever um, it is, doesn't matter by the end of the episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but they, he now, was, there was a great meal uh, lost. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of great Bergs and dogs. Uh, I would also <laughs> like to point out, we have Tandy kind of walking uh, to visit her friend in the hospital there. And yes. Captain Douche is walking out. And I was very surprised how calm that interaction was in the hallway. Where she I was, love that interaction. So the Captain Douche is uh, a Roxxon executive. Right. Uh, she's yeah, dealt with n- yeah. numerous times. Yeah. So, well, not numerous times. Specifically, she pretended to be a Catholic schoolgirl who needed help with a car so that she could confront and find out a little bit more about Peter Scarborough. Her plan was to kill him when he was changing the tire, but she kind of chickened out, kind of decided to go about it a different way. Uh, he... Seeing her there, I love how nonverbal that scene was. Yeah. That yeah. everything that needed to be exchanged, where he was like, oh, it's you. Oh, you're Teddy Bowen. Oh, I get what happened. And her verbally affirming that again with her eyes, I love that. Yeah. I thought that was Yeah, wonderful. but I was hoping she would have said something like, oh, did you murder my boy in there or something, you fucking shady no, piece of shit? She's, she's trying to. And she does in this episode. Like, she's trying to win. She's trying to, like, she doesn't want to just yell at somebody. Right. But also, I was worried about him when he was leaving. You were worried for him? Yeah, because I thought maybe he, like, mind wiped him or made him sign some papers. Mind wiped him. Or did some illegal shit, man. Uh, I think he was maybe going there to figure out what well, that's, what, that's what he did. Yeah, and how he, much he yes. has over them. Yeah, right. He was trying because what happened with Ivan Hess, we didn't really cover this. Is that he was in a catatonic state for about eight years, yeah. I believe. Eight uh, years and, exactly. Yeah. from the day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Huh. So like seven Fat. years and a uh, and uh, six days. Yeah, like fifty-one weeks. Yeah, something like that's that. That's what we're talking about. Uh, so uh, Tandy and Ty last episode got him out of that catatonic state. He didn't remember what was going on necessarily in his head, but as we find out this episode, he does pretty much remember everything that happened up until that explosion, uh, but is very scared to say what he knows because certainly that implicates Roxxon, potentially that implicates him, uh, that doesn't on the other hand, implicate uh, Tandy's father at all. But it would also ruin uh, his daughter's career. Yes. Uh, who works for Roxxon. Yeah, so right. complicated way to and, come out yeah. of a catatonic state. And also, Tandy was quick to point out he's the only real witness. Yeah. You know, to and he, he tells her that there's a safe deposit box with a memo in it that nice. will uh, make the case uh, and get her dad now, off. I was worried that that was going to be like a trap for Tandy. I feel like you watch the show and you're very worried all the time. I am worried. 
Um, but it's a real fun ride. Uh, Tandy and her mom uh, reconnect next in a nice yeah, way. That their, was like their relationship is getting so better and better. Quickly, easy. Like, mom, I got you coffee. Oh, like, what about all the shit that went down? Well, but I think she's she's making a change. She's not drinking. She's coming out of the the bad part of her life, and I, that's why I think this episode is all about the different reactions to the anniversary, which uh, between Tandy and Ty, which has become a reflection of their powers. Like, mm-hmm. she's very. Wants to celebrate it or honor it, uh, give yeah, it its due like with her mom, and it's more here. hopeful. He's he's sitting silently with his parents, and they can't speak about it, and it's a very negative, sort of uh, fearful place. For them. Well, and it it reflects. I mean, I think we could probably talk a little bit about how how it reflects how they were on that very night, but certainly it's the opposite trajectories of how their lives have gone. The Bowens completely fell apart, but when it comes to the anniversary, they pull it back together. And for Ty's family, they held it together, but they completely fall apart every year on the anniversary. Um, So as usual... I'm super impressed how much of a parallel structure there is going on through every single episode and how even they keep it. Yeah, and it doesn't feel predictable. It doesn't feel predictably yeah. like, oh, we're going to jump. Like a show like Lost was very like... Dude, by you would r- call Lost predictable? By Well, the way the structure of the show was always like seen in m- present day, flashback scene. It was like very like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. Predictable. Yeah, predictable. yeah, and the very rote. And this is um, feels much more organic and much more like... Is if someone's telling you the story and it's like, oh, so then Tandy did this, like the way we're talking about it right now. Whoa, do Whoa. you think they recorded a podcast first and then did a show? Oh, that would be the best way, hello Hollywood, to develop something. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys want to develop Cloak and Jabber into a TV show, a fictional TV show, let us know. Uh, or an after show for after <laughs> the Cloak and Dagger. Oh, there we go. Uh, hit us up on our new Twitter at Cloak Jabber and we will. Uh, We'll chat. We should have had that be Cloak and Jabber TV. Uh, we should have. <laughs> uh, they did it automatically. I don't know if you know this because you missed, uh, but I did set up a Twitter for, for the podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know? I follow it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Pete does it. Yeah, it did. Oh, you did now? Yeah. Great. Thanks, Great. Pete. Way to be on top of it. Uh, I mean, whoever runs it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Wow, what a weird All mystery. Right. Can we talk about the moment where... Last episode, there was like this real maybe love connection, sweet moment. Then they see each other. Tandy, which I thought was really cool of her, shows up to his house. Yes. Was it cool of It her? seemed cool for sure. She comes there. Well, why wouldn't it be cool? Just listen. So she comes there, shakes um, Ty and his family out of their sort of their sad reaction, their inability to speak well, about the death. Don't you fast forward. There was a moment where she shows up and she's like... What, I don't get a hug? Yeah, no. Like, he was so cold to her after they had this sweet moment. I was really fucking disappointed. Oh, that's a joke, too, because she knows they can't touch. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even... And also, yeah. he's he's fucked up because of the the death of his brother and their, the way no, they... No, he's going through a lot of shit. Yeah. I understand that. But I thought it was a, f- a fun moment where he w- no, she was I, like, well, it is a fun moment. Uh, I think she is joking with him. She sees that he's sad and she's making this very obvious joke to make him laugh, to make him smile. They are having a relationship, a developing relationship there. And even if, I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but even if she is using him in this moment. Which she is. Which she is. And this is, it's so weird. You to don't me. know what we're oh, talking I about. Know, okay, I know you do. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy to me that you're the person who's like, I think 
uh, given everything that's gone out of this podcast, the one moment when Tandy actually is using Ty for nefarious purposes, you're like, I thought this was sweet. I thought it was sweet in the beginning. And then when she walks away, I was like, you fucking bitch. How could you do that to him? You're it a confusing great. man, Pete. I thought, I thought it was a great moment. She, they played it super well. I thought well. she was being honest, but of course, nope. She's got ulterior motives to everything. And yeah. then instantly we see her as a child steal a phone. At, this is after her father, in the flashback, after her father's died and her mom's not there to pick her up. She steals a phone out of a purse, instantly explaining how she went from being a normal ballerina to being someone who kept committing worse and worse crimes. Yeah, that's what happens, though. You wake up on a beach. Next thing you know, you're a connerist. Yeah, exactly. You're a con artist, a one-shoed con artist. Yeah. Oh, that's called, they used to call me one shoesy. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, when you were a newsy. Yeah, when I was a newsy. <laughs> oh, one man. shoesy the newsy. One shoesy the newsy. Oh, <laughs> hey, would you mind spiral. running my route today? I only got this one shoe. Anyway, she uses the opportunity of going over to Ty's house to steal Ty's mom's of ID. Of course. Why would she come out of her way? If it's not for evil purposes. I think it was both, though, because by the end of the episode, they are I connecting and they it. are together. I believed it. In that moment, I was like, oh, my God, she likes him. This is sweet. And then when she walks out and pulls the idea, I was like, but maybe she also does. Yeah, I think she does like him. I think they are developing a relationship there. But at the same time, she needs this thing and she is using him for this thing. Yeah. So, you know, relationships work on many la- layers, not ours, Pete, but, uh, but some do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, moving forward, um, we, uh, find out that Connors has a sketch of Ty that he is, uh, actively trying to get him. Yep. Um, so, uh, O'Reilly goes to Ty's house and he does not want a cop showing up there. Well, uh, hold on before... Before he gets there, the entire, all the ward dudes show up and yeah. they're having a big cloak party at the house. They're all putting together the stuff. Uh, and there's a pretty emotional moment with Ty's dad where yeah. he pulls out the cloak yeah. that the brother had. And he's straight crying. Yo. Yeah, he's yeah. straight crying. And uh, that, it's again, real. I know I keep talking about the cast this episode, but. I continue to be impressed how not only have they done such a wonderful job with Ty and Tandy, but everybody else in the cast gets these really beautiful, yeah. touching moments. It's Dude, great. It's really good. Seeing your like, parent cry, I mean, that's fucking real shit, man. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, and the cloak is in the house. The cloak is in the house. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So as comic book fans, we know what the cloak wears a cloak, obviously, but also what it looks like traditionally from the comics. We speculated back when they picked out Billy's cloak that that would potentially turn out to be the cloak he wore, and it does. Yeah. What do you think about the look of it now that he finally kind of has a costume? The sequence I was a little dubious about, but uh, it looked cool. Wait, 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 wait. I want to back up the truck a little bit. There was this funny... Well, I thought it was kind of funny where it was like, oh, man, there's a cloak on the table. And then, like, the cloak is thinking about, like, oh, that could be my cloak. And then Dad walks by and, like, takes the cloak. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, your dad just took your he cloak. He was so close to cloak. Uh, but then when he started crying, I was like, oh, man, this is yeah. really powerful. I, I like the sequence a lot. I actually thought yeah. it was a really nice way because to make cloaks cloak look correct because in the comics he has this cloak with these lines all over it that are never really explained so that creates a reasonable explanation for why there are lines on the cloak yeah 
I agree. I thought it was cool. Uh, I'm curious when he gets fully into his powers, if it will sort of be bigger, if the uh, dark force will like... Well, do you want to jump ahead to that a little uh, bit, to yeah, the deal that he makes with O'Reilly? Yeah, let's do that. Was it weird to you guys when they were like talking about the difference between a cloak and a cape? I was like, what are we doing right now? I think that was like a little in superhero chat. Yeah. Because most superheroes wear capes. Right. And I was yeah. just like, all right. Well, you felt like the show's called Cloak and Dagger. We get it. Yeah. You, you don't want to confuse it with Cape and Knife, the show being developed <laughs> on the CW. <laughs> well, based on our podcast. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cape and Strife, our podcast about Cape and Knife. Oh, man. Because it's us That's arguing uh, about Cape and Knife. I got to be honest, that podcast is not good. <laughs> yeah, it's too much arguing. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, uh, O'Reilly, Ty, and Beard Cop, boyfriend, um, come up... Uh, mo- Ty comes up with this plan, presents it to them. Like, I want um, like, to really, haunt Connors. I'm really quick, guys. He's like, I'm very fast. Dis- yeah. ass- he's like, I just saw this old movie called Ghost. I want to try a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, is, is Beard Cop cool? Because I'm going to, like, do this Yo. thing. Uh, I was like, this is not a good idea. Uh, beard, that, beard that to me, actually, now that I think of it, that was the moment when I was like, oh, one of them is going to die because you can't have this many people know no, about exactly. this secret. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. And O'Reilly's not going to die. So bye bye, Beard Cop. That's what uh, I'm But his plan is basically to pull a ghost and scare Connors into giving a confession. Yeah. You could also say uh, Hamlet if you wanted to, like, be a, a well read <laughs> wow. person. So, you know, if you want to be a classically trained actor. I think it. And the Hamlet, the Kenneth Prana movie that's based on. Ghost, the movie with Patrick Swayze? That's right, yeah. I always forget the order because um, Shakespeare wrote uh, Ghost, uh, Ghost Rider won the first movie, oh, and then right. also Shakespeare went. really. Yeah, they the say that Marlowe wrote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. Oh, man. Will anyways, history ever, ever sorted anyways, out? Anyways, guys. That haunting was unbelievable. It's very cool. So uh, cloak in the cloak, uh, cloaks a bunch of different times to. Uh, <laughs> now he's wearing cloak. We're saying the word cloak too much. Yeah. I just want to put it out there. But that's what it's. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's sure. a piece of It's clothing. everything. Yeah. It's a person. It's a knife. <laughs> Wait, that's what? the one thing it's not. It's not oh, man. a knife. It's not, it's not a dagger. One thing. I think no. it's a dagger. No, no, no. no. Okay. No. Uh, cloak. What about cloak. daggers? Daggers are those cloaks? <laughs> those are cloaks. Those, those are, are cloaks. cloaks. Yeah, the regular daggers. Are <laughs> what if Jagger made a bunch of daggers oh, and made a cloak out of her? Well, honestly, the which one's which? I don't know yet. We're going to find out. I, I think in the season finale. I guess we have to find out. Anyway, like, oh, can we dagger. talk about the haunting? <laughs> you can't please. be dagger. You have the daggers. <laughs> you can say wearing a band T-shirt to the concert. Come yeah, on. They actually, I heard they got Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld to write the season finale, where they're like, a dagger's no, a no, dagger. You're a cloak. What are you talking about? You're it's a cloak. dagger. You're a cloak. You're wearing a cloak. You're was, dagger. Was, dagger. Two Seinf- We're doing two Seinfelds. <laughs> Not, no Larry David. Those two Seinfelds having that discussion. No Larry Davids. Uh, hey, Seinfeld's and cars getting coffee, you know, right? <laughs> uh, great. Are we done yet? Can we talk this about is, the haunting? Yes, we're having because fun. Because it was really awesome stuff. I I really liked how well this was done, how smart this was, and the fact that like even the lady detective was playing in on it and being like, I don't see who you're talking about. That was really awesome. And Beard Cop's filming yeah. the whole would thing. Would that work, though? Do you think that would work in real life? Uh, so yes. basically the setup is he that... He did a great job explaining it. He was like, this guy's been haunted for so long, 
and he's such a dirty cop that he's constantly looking over his shoulder. So there has to be some. Fair. Some he of was this. probably also on a lot of coke, right? right. Yeah. yeah, which probably helps do quite a lot of bit. drugs and yeah. Yeah. drinking. So, he was because there's another show development called Coke and Swagger, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is going to be that one. I'm excited for that one. It's sort of the after hours version of it. Yeah, so he, he's kind of rattled. Uh, Cloak keeps cloaking in and out to make himself seem like a ghost. He's also taken a sweatshirt and created bloody uh, s- wounds. Wounds, wounds from thank where you. he was shot. Yeah. Right, in the area where his brother was shot. Uh, and he proceeds to confront Detective Connors and say, you killed me, you killed me, yeah. uh, and gets him to confess, at which point it turns out Beard Cop has him on camera. Uh, Detective O'Reilly arrests him, and they throw him in the slammer. No, they don't. <laughs> he, like, hangs out by the desks. I was like, what the fuck, man? He what was what you do? You're choking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's uh, him. Uh, so that was great. What a huge win, and nothing more yeah. to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great to see Cloak Really, he's becoming, he's cloaked now. Right. And on the other edge of the spectrum, we have Dagger breaks into Roxxon. Does, I thought, a really cool move on the escalator. I don't know yeah. why that struck yeah. me, but she yeah, swipes right in away. when the guard leaves, runs to the escalator and ducks down. So she's hidden as she's riding up but the escalator. But she also turns and ducks so she can look as she's going right. up, which is smart. Which, again, it's like, I don't know why that struck me, but, but that's such a little thing that I thought was so smart. But then does the dumb move... Of, uh, like, instead of hiding from that douchebag guy, she runs up on him and, like... Peter Scarbo? Yeah, and was, like, threatens him with her... It shows him she has powers with showing him the dagger. I was like, you're doing so much. Uh, Stay in the shadows. Run from the shadows. Don't make yourself what her plan was to begin with, right? Like, was she looking for clues? Did she want to confront Peter Scarborough, or did she just take the opportunity once he was there? Uh, What do you think? I think uh, it was an opportune because it was after hours. There's no guarantee he would be there, right? Um, So I do think I think she was breaking in there to look for more evidence or something. Uh, But instead, she gets the guy, takes him hostage. I feel like it was was happenstance, but also he she knows that he knows something's up with her, so it's a fine... Right. He and was the a, other part close. of it is... You don't show somebody your powers. I do think there's a ticking clock on it because she went into his hopes, and his hopes were murdering people and picking money off of their corpses. So she knows he's basically the worst guy she possibly can encounter. He now knows that she is Tandy. He has confronted Ivan Hess. Ivan Hess is terrified. So I do think there's a level of she knows she does not have a lot of time that he is going to do something bad she's already watched him kill that nice lawyer guy that was yeah so what is she fucking around with for She's not fucking around. Well, she's, she's, she takes him hostage and yeah, confronts him. Yeah, either murder the dude or don't, but don't reveal all your fucking she's plans. She's a teenager. And she's trying to clear her father's name. She doesn't want to just kill this guy. So she presents the evidence. Is like, you're you're fucked. And he she like lays out the case like a lawyer would. He's like, why don't you just... I'll give you some money. We'll make all this go away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm trying to save my father's uh, memory. Great. Because uh, my then, father was a great man. She slices through that eye beam. And that, that was insane. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Her daggers are super sharp, you guys. Very sharp. Yes. They're made of light. Yeah. You're leaving out the part that makes me very mad at the end. What of the is part. the part that makes you very Oh, at the end? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. 
Yeah, we're getting there. We're not actually there yet. Uh, but we'll that, get there. That scene was very cool. Get we'll get there unless we just decide not I to. I thought it was a dumb move on her part. Just, let's just wait. Um, so uh, we get some uh, fun uh, reference in here where O'Reilly talks about a friend Misty's. of hers named Misty Knight. That's yeah. the second time she's referenced. You got to bring Misty on at this point. Well, so she didn't reference Misty Knight earlier. That was on Luke Cage when all it, oh, at the okay. end of Luke Cage season two, we talked about this on an earlier podcast episode when all hell is breaking loose in Harlem. They talk about how they're short staffed. And part of the reason they're short staffed, she says, O'Reilly went down to New Orleans. Uh, so, yeah, we're seeing a little bit of a light crossover there. I think these are more Easter eggs than anything else, but it's fun. Yeah, I would very love fun. to see Misty on the we, show. We see uh Great Misty Knight reference. We see that Beard Cop is sticking around. The relationship, everything is great. And then... then uh, well, do you want to talk about Tandy first? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Tandy first. I mean, we have a... Oh, well, well we didn't actually... So, so everything seems great. They go to the shore of the lake to yes. pay tribute to uh, their departed persons. Did I say that better this time, or was not, it still not awkward? Not much better. It was a little yeah. awkward, yeah. right? All right, I'll figure it out by the end of the episode. Uh, and they uh, clearly have seen the movie Tangled because they want to send a lantern up into the sky in yeah. tribute of them. Uh, and they both touch... Tandy's mom's arms at the same time and immediately go into something. They're not sure if it's hope, not sure if it's fear. It turns out to be a little bit of both. It's the mom watching a projection in a movie theater and the projection is of a sweet scene between Tandy's dad and Tandy's mom. They break through the screen, they go into it, and they see what I think is the real story, yeah. that Tandy's mom spilled coffee, he got super angry, and he hit her. And yeah. I think this is, now, set up, this is set up earlier um, when she has the, the Roxxon dude hostage, and he's like, you think your dad was a nice person? He was a monster. And she's right. like, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Now, also what's weird about this is... They're not sure if it's hope or fear. So you don't know if it was the mom fearing this or if that actually happened. I think the implication with her using her dagger to cut through the movie screen is that it is real and she was cutting through the false hope to the real thing underneath. Also, it was cool because they talked about like, oh, where were you? We were at the movies. Uh, you know, they changed it to ballerina. That was a sweet moment. But, like, the fact that we saw her in the movie theater was cool because that's where she was before it happened. And it's crazy that the whole thing was an MST3K reference. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. They just uh, totally we should also talk about so uh, what we find out actually happened on the day of with both Ty and Tandy. Right, right after they kids. left the beach. Right, after they left the beach. So with Ty, what happens is is he actually goes to the voodoo tour and he encounters... That was Auntie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Auntie giving the tour before Emoji Girl gave the tour. Uh, so that's a fun little thing that happens with him. Uh, with Tandy, she gets home and finds out that her mom has OD'd on pills, has to call the hospital. Is it? I thought it was... She was too drunk. No, it was drunk and pills. Uh, yeah, it was both. It was combo. Uh, which is awful. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of get she a sense. She has only one shoe. Uh, yes, that's the worst thing that happened to her. I mean, that's just something really speaks to you what? in your role as one shoesy the noosey. Yeah. No, no, I know. I mean, I felt it. I 100% felt it. Her point. foot was bleeding a lot. For yeah, someone. Uh, she must yes, have stepped that's, on that's some very point. strong. My point being, you, you get to see, you get to see why Ty 
got lifted up while Tandy got pushed down. Yeah. Things just got worse and worse for Tandy on that day. Ty got this glimmer of hope, this uh, vision of the future. Uh, but off of everything that happens, off of everything that Tandy finds out after they send the lantern up, she bitterly calls Peter Scarborough back and says, you know, actually, I will take your money. Fuck fucking my dad. Sell out. But Bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. You don't think she's going to turn it around at the end? Like, this is her temptation, right? This is her... And she's hurt. Right. This is the thing that's Fuck coming that. in the path of her being a hero. She's going to break this through this. This corporation is evil. She you knows know that. that. So take it down. Don't take the fucking money. You Do you she... know of an evil corporation? Yeah. Are you taking it down? No. But my father didn't die, and this whole thing didn't happen. What's the evil corporation you're thinking of? I don't know. I, you pick one. Disney. Yep. There you You're go. giving them a lot of money. Yeah. You love Disney. What? Right now, we're recording a podcast about a Disney property. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You should be working to take Disney down. Yeah. That's uh, what we're doing eventually with this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll, get we'll, get we'll get there by episode we'll 10, there. I think. I was upset by the, that phone call. You're sub- again, you're supposed to feel upset. You're yeah. supposed to okay, feel so what Tandy is feeling. Don't get mad at me for feeling what I'm supposed to feel. You're right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> should we talk about the thing that happens at the end of the episode? Uh, yes. Yeah, so then um, she takes the money, hides it in a cool statue. Um, and we'll see about that later. And then we have O'Reilly coming home for some she more She can't pan- wait for pancakes! Uh, and she sees all this food out. And There's she's a like, lovely oh, bit of food oh, out man. on the counter. We're going to have a, a feast. feast. Opens a fridge. Who's in there? Beard the beard cop. Oh, man. Beard he got fridged. He got fridged. A, a yeah. total flipping of the fridge. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know about fridging, uh, this is something that was coined by Gail Simone, a comic book writer at the time, a journalist, uh, where there was an issue of Green Lantern, where at the end he comes home, Kyle basically Reed. the same exact scene, finds his girlfriend has been stuffed into a fridge. And this phenomenon is where the uh, girlfriend or wife or significant other is <laughs> woman is killed in order to give motivation for the main male character. Like you said, total flipping of that paradigm. But I think they did that on purpose. Definitely. Yeah. Right. I think it was a, definitely a reference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a way, it was the camera was like, oh, you got fridge. It was a little much. Yeah. <laughs> it's and when, then the logo <laughs> came up uh, yeah. where it was like fridge with the apostrophe yeah. between the G and the D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and an exclamation point. Yeah. Uh, Whatever it is, that was awful, and I completely cringed at the end of that episode because yeah. even though I knew it, it made it worse because yeah. I knew it was coming, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree. Um, and that's the episode. That's where we left off. And I feel like we're setting up for our... Uh, the next few, it's like the next big move, I think is coming. We were at such a good place with those two, and now we're not at that good of a place. Well, but I do think this episode. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's in the series so far has like been cloak and or dagger. It's them separately figuring their shit out and doing a good job of it, and then coming back together to talk about it. And I think what we're getting for the finale, uh, we're building toward, is going to be cloak and dagger coming together. Yeah. And How many apps in the... Doing there's now? 10 episodes total. This is the eighth episode, okay. so we're coming close. I thought it was crazy that they wrapped up, or technically wrapped up so much this episode. You know, granted, Cotters and Scarborough are still out there, so there's still a lot to do. 
But I think what we're really doing in a way is clearing the deck for the bigger cataclysm that's coming, whatever is going to happen with the project that Mina is working on where things are going to explode. I also think that uh, I really thought that um, Cloak was going to pull Connors into the Dark Force. I I wonder if we're going to get there with this season. I feel like that's where he's going to end up. Yeah, we'll see. That's going to be cool. All right. Before we go, this episode, Cloak or Dagger, who won the episode? Justin, you got one? Oh, me? Yeah. Got to be Cloak. This is definitely cloak episode he goes from being a guy to being cloak um because he gets a cloak he cloaks himself with a cloak and becomes stop saying cloak pete what about you cloak or dagger cloak all day or day you always (laughs) pick cloak yeah because dagger breaks my heart every episode i was starting to like her and then she she murdered me in this episode oh man you were hoping she would do the thing but instead now you're you're fearful for what she did do yeah She's not that good of a person, and she's also a fucking sellout. Uh, I want to go with Dagger just to be contradictory, but I got to go with Cloak as well. Yeah, it's nice. a three episode. We yeah. got a triple Cloak. It's a triple Cloak. That's the Cloak. <laughs> triple Cloak. Oh my God. What was that? That was a crazy <laughs> noise. That was so funny. Hey, when Guys, you're shooting the scene, you learn finger how to sing. Alex's finger going in a circle. Oh, man. Don't ever do that again. Absolutely not. If you'd like to support this show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft in New York. Please come on down. We'll chat with you about cloak and or dagger, whatever you want. Um, what else should we plug? Uh, follow us on Twitter at comic book live. Is that what you meant? And, uh, uh, or, this- or at cloak jabber as well. If you want specific yes. cloak and jabber content, <laughs> friend us on Facebook to hear about our amazing uh, guests on our live show, Comic Book Club. And yeah. definitely check us out at CokeAndSwagger.com, which is the... Um, <laughs> nope. You can check out ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more podcasts. And we'll see you at the cookout, you guys. Oh, man. Well, 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 well done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.